What is up, everybody? Um, another exciting episode today of the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Three Finger Betty. Um, otherwise, um, the band that Pierce Stockdale's a member of, who we've had in the podcast before, he has his podcast, The Alba Farm. And um, John, I believe, I don't know, I think John and Clint have both been on his podcast. Um, and it was a very good conversation. It was a very fun time hanging out with them. Uh, we decided to do it downstairs because um, it was like fucking 95 degrees. I mean, it's like that today, too. I don't know what the fuck. There's this heat wave. There's like some fucking crazy... I don't understand how people can go out in this shit and, like, have kids and, like, go play outside. I don't understand how kids can go play outside. I... This is one of the things that I worry about being a parent. Is, like, being active. Like, playing catch. Like, the kid's gonna want to go outside and play catch with me. I'm gonna be like, no, it's too fucking hot. I'm smoking a joint. Go back inside. Go play your video game. That's... that's I, I see myself being that kind of parent. I don't know how good that is for a child. Um, but, you know, I guess he'll just do what um, anyone in the McAllister family has done, which is just suck it up. Um, anyways, the episode today, Three Finger Betty, I've been looking forward to having these guys on for a while. Really cool, interesting guys, group guys, have a really powerful presence on stage, and I thought it'd be really good to talk about, you know, how they kind of got together, um, and one of the things I really wanted to talk about in Tackle, which I think we got to, is, like, how, as a group, they are able to form and come together, because I think... When, you know, you do with people that are in hip-hop, they're very individualistic, and that's kind of a problem here in Iowa in general. People not really willing to work together. So I thought this, I think this is a important episode for anyone that is an artist in the state. Um, anyways, I will shut the fuck up. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Three Finger Betty. Everybody, you're watching slash listening to McAllister Hours. I'm your host, as always, Cole McAllister. We are joined today by Three Finger Betty. I'm super fucking excited for this episode. First rock band in the studio. Uh, well, kind of studio. We're in the basement because it's fucking 95 degrees outside. We want to pack you guys in that tiny studio up there. How are you guys doing today? Very good. Very good. good. Chilling, hanging out. Uh, I think this is your first time that you've actually all done a podcast together. If I. Oh. It might be, yeah. Outside of uh, the two of us being on, Pete's yeah, we were on, we were on Audible Farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff's a virgin. I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Popping your cherry today. Yeah, poor Peter couldn't show up today. He's he's monetizing his time. He's shame on Peter. He, he's no. got a, he's uh, he's running sound. I I forgot for who, but good for him. Yeah, no, no, um. No, He's I appreciate. Hell yeah, hell yeah! I appreciate Peter for uh, kind of linking me with you guys. You know, he reached out to me, come on this podcast, and that's kind of how I discovered all you guys. I saw you live. Uh, I think that would have been a couple months ago in April, I believe, at the Hall Ave Tavern. So, what is the origin behind Three Finger Betty? How did you guys come up with that name? How did you guys all meet? What's the story behind that? Do, do you want to start? <laughs> 
Sure. Uh, or, or do I want to? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's up to you. Who's running. the leader? Yeah, this is before my time. <laughs> well, it, it, it really it started before Here, do you mind trying? John and I even met. You can adjust it to get closer to you. Get a little closer? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my friend Kale and I uh, had met, and um, uh, a mutual friend of ours introduced us to John. Hmm. And uh, we were actually called the Shit Kickers. Um, And then we transformed. Yes. (laughs) That is still a thing. Um, I'm not a very good storyteller, so I'll let you take it from there. (laughs) So we were the Shit Kickers, and we started playing and uh playing around clubs and then uh uh kale had children and things Mm -hmm. like that and so we slowed it down we didn't want to slow it down at the time so then we're like well we'll, we can just do something else and then that was three finger betty our first show we're coming up on in the anniversary like the seventh or eighth i think yeah and that was uh, just me and him and at the time he played drums and uh, that was in a basement. Oh, that's tight. That's tight. So then you rackled uh, Peter and this guy in. How that? How that happened? So uh, along the way, we acquired the former bassist, who was also named Jeff, but he spells it differently. And he was playing drums, and it was just three of us for a while. If you, sorry, if you, you can just take it off. Take it off. Want. Yeah, All just right. hold it. That might be a little easier. That'll be better. Sorry, it's a little hectic. We haven't had this many people in a while. This, this is more we'll like a, it. All right. Um, Sorry, you were saying. So then uh, played for a little while, and then uh, uh, he left the band for a bit, and we had a different drummer uh, who's kind of weird, so I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, but he was fun. I mean, I don't know. He quit the band, and I didn't want him to. Um, but whatever and he's he's out there somewhere maybe listening yeah uh, but then uh so i was we i was scheduled we were going to make a demo just a trio i'm like well he's going to make the demo and quit <laughs> so i asked him to do it <laughs> and uh, he stayed after that and then we were a trio for a while and then he suggested because he's from uh humboldt new peter and bring Pete on as fourth guitar and or fourth guitar, fourth person. <laughs> he's got he's got that many fingers. Let me tell you, ladies. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, he and so and then it was a four piece, and uh, like about a year ago now, uh, Jeff uh, Furge, the old bass player, was uh, starting to pick up a ton of overtime. Had a baby, mm, yeah. you know, all the things that happen when you get all the forty. Shit, yeah. And he uh, decided it was time to step down, and he filled the void on bass because I knew he could play bass. Fuck yeah, that's cool. So how long have you guys been doing this then? The current iteration? yeah, they, uh, uh, so I guess three finger Betty. I know you well. So I guess how long ago did you start the shit kickers, and then when did that transition to three finger Betty? So like three finger Betty would have been seven eight years ago. Wow, whatever that okay. was, and shit kickers like two years before that. That's what we were doing. Damn. Well, I will say you know having seen you perform live, you can tell that you guys you know are really in tune with each other. You guys, you guys, it, it's apparent that you guys have been playing together for a long time. Right on. Yeah. Um, so where's the name come from? Uh, we were practicing once without a name, and I just came up with it, is what happened. 
Nice. But that's boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have uh, decided not to resist anybody's uh, personal interpretation of the name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine Three Finger Betty is just a just a hooker. Who like has a discounted rate for giving him a hand job with three fingers? Maybe. It's, only like, it's only twenty bucks instead of the whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. I was thinking of the haggard bar maid that lives at the bar and three fingers of whiskey. That's what she drinks. There's a story that I was told by uh, my late uncle that there was a bomb in World War II called a three finger Betty because you had to hand load them oh. back then and they were unstable so occasionally one would go off and whoever the poor loader was was had three fingers left <laughs> things they, like that yeah <laughs> nurse phil and her name is betty <laughs> yeah shit just got fucked up but again i uh, uh it's always fun to let people just run wild with that hell yeah hell yeah so um you know, we got three of you, but I'm curious about how all three of you kind of got into music individually and like where that started. So I don't know if we just want to go down the line or like what, just like basically, like when did you start playing? Uh, and you know, how's that? What's been your experiences? Have you been in any other groups or anything like that? Well, I guess growing up go. in uh, Humble, um, I was the youngest of three, and okay. my oldest brother happened to have a friend. Sorry. No, no. Whose uh, parents ran like a roadhouse style, ro- uh, like motel, and as a result, and you know, there was an Abate motorcycle rally they would come through every year. So they came across a lot of great music and uh, ended up with a really, really good record collection. Mm. And uh, so, like, like how? Sorry, not tangent. How many like records? I have no idea. No I, idea. Never, I never saw it personally. <laughs> Um, but um, through this friend of his, my oldest brother was able to get exposed to a lot of stuff and latched on to like Kiss and ACDC and Motley Crue and Ozzy, hell yeah, hell yeah. Metallica, that sort of thing. And so I kind of had, I was more or less raised in his bedroom watching him play uh, Tecmo Super Bowl and Mario 3 <laughs> while all of these classic records were being played on his stereo. <laughs> awesome <laughs> so yeah i guess uh so i was exposed to stuff like iron maiden and megadeth Fuck in, yeah, fuck yeah. you know before i was 10 years old and so that kind of contributed to a lot fast forward to like 2000 i was in band in seventh grade and oh, our yeah. instructor <laughs> mr tim miller um just sat us down one day after christmas break and he said, we're going to learn how to play the drum set. And all he really did was show us how to play the rock beat and the swing beat and just the mechanics behind that and the psychology behind the placement of a fill mm. and the whole, yeah, the whole concept of a fill. And then just didn't really micromanage anything past that and just let us run wild with that. And, you know, a couple people picked up on it and I was one of them and that just that kind of collided with the good music that I was being oh you know that I already knew about <laughs> hell yeah so I kind of took to it really quickly and got to the point where I could I could practice the drums without actually sitting behind a drum set because you can do it there's a lot of mind work involved yeah yeah well I, I've always been impressed with people with good drum because from what I understand you almost have to be like ahead of the beat 
Yes. A little bit. You gotta, yeah, there's a lot of uh, planning ahead going on yeah. in real time. <laughs> well, um, I think it's funny that you, not funny, it's it's cool that you mentioned uh, Iron Maiden and Megadeth, because when I saw you guys perform, I thought your drumming was very resemblant of oh, yeah. uh, Iron Maiden. That's, Maid. like, you know, that's totally crazy. what I'm going for, just a mash of all of the guys that have ever worked for either of those two bands. <laughs> Hell yeah, hell yeah. What about what about you guys? Uh, what what's your starts? Um, I guess uh, from a young age, I mean, I just I just loved music. My brothers are real big influences on me. I got a younger brother and older brother, and they're like musical encyclopedias. You know, they they love the entire spectrum. So that was a big influence on me. But I think um, when I was like twelve, my parents bought me the you know. Kmart special nylon string classical guitar and uh, so that was really kind of my my first uh, instrument um, I, I took some snare drum lessons when I was in fourth grade but um, so I just kind of fiddled around with that for years you know uh, garage bands here and there um, just kind of off and on until I was about 26 when I was 26 I bought uh, a drum set from a friend hmm. and I was just kind of like that was that kind of opened up a door for me because everybody plays guitar you know yeah yeah um so uh that was that was really my intro into um playing in a band and um ran into kale one day and um we started talking about playing and it just kind of went from us you know drum and bass and or you know just playing acoustics and stuff like that morphed into you know we ran into john and then uh, here we are, you know. So, how was that transition for you? Like uh, going from drum to bass, was that easier? Was that? Did you find any challenges with that? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, playing guitar for so many years, um, you know, I, I like understood the notes on the bass, but yeah, like yeah. it was, it was much. I mean, I don't know. You can't really compare drums and bass, but I mean, like, uh, like playing bass versus guitar like i was really surprised how different that is um i mean obviously you know bass and drums while you know a bass player and a drum player really kind of have to you know play together um and you know they're completely different things uh going from guitar to bass was surprisingly uh different yeah, yeah, it, it is almost kind of like a different frame of mind. You're mm -hmm. playing differently. You're playing different kinds of notes and that kind of stuff. I I played guitar for um, since I was eight. So um, I mean, I haven't really touched it in a while, but it's been I don't know, like ten, twelve years, ten, fifteen years, something like that. So I totally get what you're saying with the guitar, mm -hmm. the differences and all that. What about you? What, uh, what are some? What's some of your background? Well, <laughs> there was always music around the house when I grew up. Yeah, yeah. my dad had listened to a lot of old country music, Willie Nelson. Hell yeah. Hell stuff yeah. like that. And pop stuff, too. Huh. <clears throat> uh, like, my mom had 45s, pop music, Elvis. Oh, hell That yeah. type of thing. Um, and then I was lucky. It, uh, we got cable in, like, 1985 or something like that. So I had MTV. And when they played <laughs> videos... And they would play anything. So, like, I'm 10 years old, and I like Michael Jackson and Prince and Judas Priest and whatever they'll play. They wouldn't. I don't remember Iron Maiden, but they'd play <laughs> Judas Priest videos. And anyway, I ended up playing. I played trombone for like four years in band, but I didn't like band. Uh, I kind of wanted to play drums, but they said you had to have piano lessons to be 
taught drums in band. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was able to oh, that's that's stupid. That. That, that, so I was, I was denied the chance to play the snare drum when I was, you know, 10. You uh, can't do this until you do But I was, you know, I'm starting to get into, like, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, uh, and then I got into Alice Cooper because he was uh, he accompanied Jake the Snake Roberts to the ring at WrestleMania three, <laughs> so I, I discover that world. And then their sixties and get into heavy metal. Here comes Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Megadeth. Then okay, uh, punk. What's, okay, the Sex Pistols. Okay, they're funny. Uh, but then it leads to Dead Kennedys, and you just go down the line. And I like all this stuff. <laughs> Hell yes. You, and so I wanted to learn how to play guitar so I could play all of it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So you come from very, like, you know, roundabout, mm-hmm. kind of just everything. And I break dance when I was a little kid, too. So I got in on, like, hip hop early. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that influence. So not to, like, you know, single anybody out, but I guess I'm just curious what, like, the age difference is between you guys and, like, oh, how that all works. I don't know. I'm the oldest. I'm 46. I'm 41. Uh, 34. Okay, so 10-year difference. Yeah. That's not too bad. Nothing. Do you guys do you guys ever... I don't know. Because when I wanted to start a band, I, this was when I was younger, and I felt like there were, you know, older people wanting to start bands, and I was kind of a little hesitant on that. Do you guys... Was there any difficulty with the age difference with you guys all getting together? It was all pretty natural. It was pretty natural. Like, uh, you know, it was just a group of people that wanted to do it, and that's, that's all it matters. takes, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, definitely. What I like are the different influences, because based on how old you were, when certain things happen, like mm. uh, Pete, and they, they don't listen to grunge. Oh, yeah, yeah. That we, happened when I was in high school. I love that stuff. We were in junior high <laughs> in like the, the early stages of like emo. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd like pop punk. Nothing against it, but yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah. I was I was just old enough. That's nah, not punk music. It, it is, but I was like, nah. Softer, not, none of this yeah. stuff. Why? Yeah. Why is Why is Bad Religion opening for Blink One Eighty Two on this? <laughs> this ain't right. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, that it, that's an interesting perspective. Like, uh, like you know, I can imagine. Like, you know, I can hear in your music that there are definitely. It seems like there are different influences at play. Um, it's cool that you say Den Kennedys because that. Um, I think I told you this at the show that when I hear you guys, that's definitely what you guys remind me of. That's this kind of sound. A Dan Kennedy sound. It's really cool. Right on. <laughs> it's the riffs. The surf rock riffs. Yes. So yes. Who, who who does the writing in the group, or how do you guys all come up with your music? I usually have a song idea, so chords, guitar part, mm-hmm. and, uh, and lyrics. Maybe not all the lyrics, but most of them. And then I'm like, here. <laughs> <laughs> Want to play that? And then somebody might say, well, yeah, but do this differently. Switch this to this part. Mm-hmm. Change those chords around, and then it's fine tuned. Yeah, I, figuring out the I'm intro, not, the outro, the middle parts, uh, the I, transitions, all that yeah, fun stuff. I, I never want to be in a band situation where you're dictating necessarily. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's that's not a band. That's a solo guy who hires people. Yeah, <laughs> um, I that's don't a, know. That's a project. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. And I'm not arrogant enough to presume to write a bass part or a drum part i can't play the drums you know yeah no that's cool that's really humbling though that uh you know you're you can acknowledge that you contribute a lot but you know it is important for all of you guys to collaborate yeah no if you look at our ep it says music by three finger betty there's a reason for that yeah yeah 
no it's awesome uh you know everybody contributing i um i wanted to go on this tangent because uh you know I, i've told you that guys that you know i do more hip-hop that kind of stuff um i feel like musically the you know where we're going forward it's a lot more individualistic and you have a harder time finding people who are willing to come together as a group and make music what are your thoughts on working together um the importance of being able to work together musically and you know i guess where that is going or where that's going to go going forward i guess you kind of need the like checks and balances uh, of your you know ideas um because you know you might think some idea is the best in the world but if you present it to other people they might have a way to improve it and uh you just got to be open to that kind of stuff and uh and not be you know fixated completely on on uh a certain vision and -hmm. always be open to uh, different interpretations and because that's just the essence of collaboration is you know that sort of interplay and you got to kind of compromise sometimes but that it all ends up being for the greater benefit if, if, if you you know as long as it serves the music and not you know any other sort of ulterior motive then then it's fair game mm-hmm. so what i come up with the song idea like the beat he's not going to play anything that sounds anything that's like in my head <laughs> so sometimes that's going to be hard for me because i might want to speed up or slow down to match yeah. something he's going to do and i'm like no i need to do exactly what i'm doing at the same speed he's doing something to complement it yeah yeah that's or him or pete yeah yeah exactly that i would it's like what the hell okay it sounds good yeah um yeah you know i feel like there's it's going to be interesting where the technology takes everybody because I feel like it's, you know, anybody can seemingly just get a laptop and make music. Yes. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. If people are going to continue to collaborate, if we're just going to, you know, continue down this road of, you know, I'm kind of like what you were saying, you know, you have the checks and balances of where, you know, my idea isn't too great and you guys collaborate. Uh, I feel like with having a laptop, it goes unchecked. Yeah, it kind of removes some of the human element to mm-hmm. it. Exactly. What about like uh, like rock as a whole? Do you, do you feel like that that genre is you know continue to go forward? Do you feel like you know because the technology is maybe diminishing? What are you guys thoughts on that? Um, I guess to an extent, technology is kind of uh, hurting it because at the end of the day, tracing it all the way back to the beginning, rock and roll is about playing in sweaty clubs to crowds of people and mm, yeah and that interplay between the band and the crowd and these solo basement projects completely eliminate that and you can tell in the way that it sounds mm-hmm. and you can just the same way you can tell if a band is real <laughs> you, you can just tell by hearing it <laughs> yeah that's definitely true uh Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, technology changed it a ton. Uh, it's, uh, you go, you hear a band on, on, on a recording and it sounds good, and then you go, say you go see them live and there's two people, I'm like, well, this, no. <laughs> there's no way. Oh, the only reason this sounds like the album is because it sounds just exactly like the album because you, you hit play. <laughs> and like, okay, so you're going to play one instrument, um, 
And sometimes there's situations where, long time ago, I saw a band that uh, called the Sebado, mm. and at the time, uh, this is when I lived in Arizona. For whatever reason, there was no drummer, and it was the two guys with the drum machine. And I'm like, well, they played the show, but this doesn't it doesn't sound this good, yeah, very yeah. good. Kind of kills like, it for you, yeah. And they still played the show. I mean, they're still playing. But I don't know. It, was, it just it obviously wasn't the same. There, yeah, and like you said, there's obviously not going to be inner any rhythmic interplay between a bassist and a drummer in that situation. Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on, like, uh, I don't know, like, DJing EDM or, you know, kind of pressing play? Do you think, because, you know, I'm a rapper, and I, I feel what you're saying, because I have a lot of criticism about people who rap, and they kind of just, they'll even, like, you know, just have to play their song, they won't even be without the vocals, so they'll just be, like, lip syncing, essentially. Do you think that there's, like, an element of cheating, almost, in that? Not necessarily. I, it's 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 like a completely different medium almost. Because so. I've, I've a totally different game. I've watched DJs or people with like this, you know, some kind of tech thing on the street busking or in clubs, and you're just like fascinated what they're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. But they're also manipulating it live. They're just using a machine instead of an instrument. Mm. So I mean, they're still. Like, I know people to this day, like, hip-hop's not real music. It's just a DJ and somebody's talking. <laughs> uh, DJ's doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's more more going on than... than you, know what, you, know what I like to tell, you know what I like to tell people who say that? You try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could, you could set me, put, put two turntables and a crossfader in front of me, I'm going to be like, I don't know. Uh, Fuck, write 16 I'll do bars. That. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna be able to fucking do it. No, no. most people can't. We uh we we uh at a, at, we did the one shit kicker show this year, uh, and we we did the Humpty dance in honor, <laughs> and it was hard because I kept wanting to change, but hip hop's a hell of a lot wordier. I'm like, no, no, no. He still this. There's like yeah, that's only verse, half the verse. verse, verse that's verse. only <laughs> half the verse. It is not time to change. Yeah, it is structurally different, yeah. isn't it? Huh? It is. You'll think about that. That's cool. Um, so you guys have been around for a while. You said you've been doing this for like seven, eight years. I'm sure you guys have had... Uh, I see you guys have been performing a lot this year after the pandemic. I'm sure you guys have had plenty of performing experiences. What are some... Uh, do you have any like interesting stories or interesting things that have happened over the years? Hmm. Let's see. Just uh, countless shows of just critical <laughs> It's all I <laughs> <laughs> Playing to dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Or listening to the people playing pool bitch about how loud we are. And yeah. where we're gonna stop. That's that's what oh, I was yeah. gonna say. I, I, I remember it was a, I think it was a shit kicker show on St. Patty's Day, and it was you know probably the biggest crowd that we'd ever played to. This is like 2014, 2015, but we play all original stuff, mm-hmm. so nobody wants to hear you know. Uh, Sorry, I'm blanking on song names here. You know, it's just this girl at the front going, Sweet Caroline. (laughs) And we're like, this is like the largest crowd we've had ever. (laughs) And, you know, they don't want to hear a note. (laughs) I can remember some, uh, at least a New Year's show where where we're we're watching fights break out while we're playing. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) There's the occasional time where someone approaches the band and asks to turn down the drums, uh, which are <laughs> on my like that. 
All right, I'm going to double stick it now. <laughs> Damn. No, there's been, there's been some fun ones. Uh, you know, it's uh, supposedly illegal for bartenders to uh, sample their uh, goods while they're on the clock, but... Mm. In real life experience, uh, I've dealt with a few drunk bartenders. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Some some guy we were playing with uh, was overserved like the second he stepped into the club, and was just a drunken maniac. And he he's a big dude, and he's like, well, nobody's going to handle this guy. And the bartender, who was also rather inebriated. You know, it is what it is. She comes after me. It's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you got to take care of this guy. And he's, he's drunk. And I'm just like, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a different room. And I'm, I'm just fine. I, I, who sold him all the liquor? Yeah, right. <laughs> this isn't my fucking problem. <laughs> I didn't sell him all those shots. Oh, my gosh. Like, if he was doing one after the other, I don't know, maybe tell him that hold off <laughs> well i can tell you from being a bartender working in bars some of those people do not give a fuck <laughs> no they don't they don't give two shits there's almost something with like uh being a bartender where you almost make more money if you you know people offer you drinks you mm. take it like there's a theory where you can make more money i don't know i worked in a lot of shitholes so <laughs> i mean I'm not, I'm not trying to get on i'm trying to cause any bartenders any problems <laughs> yeah, i don't no. have a problem with any bartenders but some of those were funny there's one guy is at the same place he was uh trying to clean up and something set him off and he was just i was like trying to get the payout it's probably 2 30 at this point i'm just like i don't know if this guy's gonna make it home <laughs> like just give me the money and take a nap in a booth man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we probably got paid extra because he Two could probably couldn't even count. They're probably just yeah. like here, here's money, a lot of cash. Here you go. It's too late. Let me know. But yeah, it's some fun stuff like that. Damn. Well, what are your thoughts on? Uh, hello. Oh Jesus Christ! We have a visitor. Yeah. Lucifer. All right, get down. Come on. Damn. I know. I know. You want to see everybody? Um. What are your thoughts on, like, the Iowa rock scene as a whole? Um, like, I'm sure, you know, I've seen a lot of other bands. What have you been experiencing with, like, you know, performing alongside other bands and kind of the whole culture of it? I feel like last Friday was a pretty good uh, pretty good cross-section of Iowa bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty going on. It's getting... It's getting breaking down the walls in between what's going on. Sometimes we played at the gas lamp uh, with a, a band we've gotten pretty friendly with called the Rumors out of mm. uh, Waterloo area, and they're on a tour. And then, but we played with the other brothers, and they were great. But they had more a southern rock kind of almond vibe going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, their singer was this awesome cowboy up there finger picking. Yeah, it was very, very like bluesy, mm -hmm. southern oh, rock. That's tight. It was good stuff. And then the opening band was good, Display Case, but they had kind of that '90s grunge pop punk yeah. edge going on. Definitely. And then we come in there with just loud and fast. And yeah, we kind of had <laughs> we had the we were fortunate enough to have a pretty good slot that night. So like, I think we had the the most 
the biggest crowd out of all the bands. And, uh, you know, it was all completely cold. Hardly anyone, like, yeah, all three bands brought different crowds. <laughs> and then we brought our usual, like, five to ten people. That's awesome. And That's uh, awesome. we were able to win over a completely cold crowd. So it That's always feels nice. good being able to take control of a room like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, um, it's nice being able to get those get the energy from them so that you know it makes it easier yeah. to lay down a killer performance well you guys have a lot of power when you perform you guys are very loud and very you know you have a presence <laughs> you know fucking three finger betty's playing in the in the fucking place when we hear it you know it's cool shit yep. uh you guys just released a subtitle project three finger betty obviously <laughs> um what was it last year I believe it was uh, election day, baby. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, right, right. that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, what was your process for recording that? Uh, you know, obviously, like I said before, um, you know, we have more rappers. It's obviously a different recording process. What What was it like? Uh, uh, you know, recording a band and doing all that, throwing that all together, all together. We originally attempted to do that the traditional mm, way. That's right. Where we tracked. He went down and laid drums. Oh yeah, by himself. I went down and laid a guitar part. Yeah, um, we were using a click track. I don't think anyone yeah. but me had even messed around with click tracks yeah. at all. And um, the person we were working with, unfortunately, was uh, I think uh, in hindsight because uh, because I got all pissed at the time, mm. obviously because uh, I screwed up my project. <laughs> um, but I, I, in hindsight, I think the uh, individual was uh, not in a good place, and I think he's in a much better one now because yeah. I've talked to him and mm. been perfectly friendly. And but uh, anyway, at the time, we finally were just like, okay, this is never going to get done. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, we, gave, we gave him, you know, pretty much a solid year, and, and uh, just decided to start over. Oh shit! So how we did it this time? Um, he is in a band, and I am now. I wasn't at the time called the Sleepover, and I I sat in on how they recorded, and they recorded their second record live together as a band on the Vaudeville Muse stage through their soundboard, and I was like, and that. CD ended up sounding great. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And I'm like, well, why the hell don't we do that? <laughs> so I contacted the same guy, and we didn't do it at Muse, but we did it the same way, where we just played live. Oh. And then I went back, and we did the vocals as uh, overdubs, and then it was mixed and mastered and pressed. That's tight. Do you do you have like a preference? Like, is there one way that's better than the others at all? On my limited experience, I, I really liked the playing live as a band. Mm. Yeah, if if you have the songs distilled down into, you know, something that's nice and snappy that you can knock out in three to five minutes, then yeah, live is the way to do it. But if you're getting more into the technical stuff, like I did with Dark Mirror before I was with Betty. That kind of stuff you definitely have to do track by track in order to get all the parts down. Mm. Uh, even if you gotta, you know, uh, you know, patch yourself <laughs> in every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's just the nature of the beast. When you want to make complicated music, you gotta use complicated means <laughs> to record it. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I appreciate the uh, the thought and interest. In intricacy 
and you guys recording when you guys you know when we listen to your album you can tell that's all very precise and very neat and compact good shit also a lot of a lot of um bands that are kind of i guess room it's kind of like long distance relationships where they live in different states or towns or whatever uh doing track by track is sometimes the only way to do it for mm. a lot of bands so True. yeah not, not knocking that process at all no because it's, it's it's fun in its own ways but uh if you got a a band that plays together a lot and is just tight as hell then doing it live is the only way to do it hmm i see no, there's definitely like uh, I've seen those videos where people like do things virtually, like they'll you know entire bands. It's kind of a, a weird integration where we just talk about technology, but like in a positive sense for rock. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, what you, do you guys have any other music coming up? Any other projects in the mix? Uh, we uh, with the same person, uh, Speed Astound uh, Studios. We we laid down uh instruments for nine songs and we did it live uh lefties thank you for letting us do it in, yeah. your, in your club hell yeah <laughs> so hell it'll yeah. sound really good because we did it through that great sound system they have awesome, awesome. Uh, and so but uh that's getting edited and at least uh panned and balanced so i we can uh go do the vocal part so then, so in the works yes yes is, is, um this is, should sorry. yield oh sorry this should yield a follow-up ep and uh, uh hopefully a, like a seven inch single awesome awesome yeah is there like what's it called is there any other info you can give about it or are you uh, keeping it under wraps uh we don't really have a title uh yeah the um the first concept the first ep that we just did was sort of our like pissed off songs i guess <laughs> yeah and that was that the demo no, the or, the, or the, the, the self-titled, yeah, the okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. And this next group of songs, this is stuff we planned out like a couple of years before we even started recording it. Uh, this, the next six are all of our people songs. Mm. We got a bunch of you know characters songs about real song. life characters uh, with some embellishments, but these are de- based on uh, real events, unfortunately, <laughs> in some oh. cases, <laughs> and real real people who unfortunately we have to deal with on our planet yeah that <laughs> still aren't in prison yeah that have been and shouldn't have been let out are you are you able to embellish on who those people might be uh just uh some uh, i i run a store in real life so a lot of it's just the okay so it's like the, personal the shit. rejects okay. that i've had to deal with over the years okay and things like that uh one song's about a a po- uh, guy who's a, a politician, and I'll leave it at that because I, if he figures out and I'm ripping on him, he, I think he would sue me. <laughs> um, Find a way to fuck you. Yeah, yeah he, he he wouldn't let it go. Um, some of them are just broader concepts. Uh, we yeah. play a song called High Maintenance, which is you know about what we call Karens. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. this point, <laughs> things like that. That's awesome. That's totally my vibe. Uh, I I love like that attack. Like you know, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's how I feel. That's fan. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I so you guys have kind of talked about this briefly on like um I think you specifically have talked about it briefly on Alba Farm. Uh, your tra- your album opens with Great Again, and we don't need to get into the all the you know whatever political shit behind that. But I'm just curious. Like, did did you guys like what controversy did you deal with? putting out a song that was called great again if any 
Not a ton. The only um, real controversy, there wasn't really controversy, yeah. but the only thing cl close to it was playing at Hull. And yeah. people thinking that we were, you know, talking shit on it. Or it's it, it's the way, at the way you put your lyrics together. I feel it's the beauty of it is it can be interpreted in many ways, much like the name of the band, which is you know why we like it so much. Yep, and that was more or less deliberate. <laughs> exactly, and that's what's so great about it is, depending on your political lean, you can read that same set of lyrics and it like you know make you you know either love it or hate it it's a sociological experiment i'm just i'm really <laughs> exactly. just amusing myself yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we did have uh i never saw it because i guess i i don't uh pete monitors our youtube channel we do have a youtube channel mm. um and apparently somebody was uh, had to be banned from that because they were very upset about that song and they were upset because they interpreted it as we we love donald and, oh uh, yeah and, I, and i'm just i remember when he told me that i was like ah, we got one <laughs> it worked <laughs> it, it worked <laughs> There was some poor sap that was just looking through every corner of the internet. I, yeah, it's like, oh man, read, read the lyrics, dude. Well, you did. I don't know. I can't help you there. Yeah, no, there's some people you can't convince. Like, yeah. Like, I think Pete, when we were really playing that song a lot, he was like, okay, do you like Donald Trump? Do you like Barack Obama? We don't fucking care. Here's a yeah. song. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's that's, awesome. that's the real message. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't matter. We just like to face people off and poke fun and needle people and just yeah. enjoy the show. Yes. Listen well, to the lyrics. Listen I, to the tunes. I'm kind of worried. I, uh -oh. The reason I joined the band was because I thought that song was over the political unrest in Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Nope. Okay. I'm out. Well, I'm out. <laughs> Quite a revelation. We are looking for a new bass player. No. <laughs> Damn, that's funny. I, I I love that you guys have that vibe though. Like that's you know you guys have a very punky, rocky sound, yeah. and that just fits with it perfectly. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, do you guys have any? You know, I don't. I'm sick of fucking talking about the pandemic, so we don't have to get into that. But we just did just have that. Do you guys have any fears about you know going forward if that's going to be something they're going to deal with again? Yeah, lambdas coming up. It's not over. <laughs> the Tri-Lamb variant? Yep. We'll never be over. No, you know, I don't know. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do uh, as yeah. far as vaccinating and stuff. Uh, I was the whole time, I'm kind of like... Like I, I get there's crap going on, but we were one of the bands that never stopped. Yeah, we we, yeah, we, we yeah, took yeah, a, we we, we had so. like two windows where things opened up slightly, and we we busted a show out in each one of those, and yeah. they were packed because people were like, Fuck "There's yeah. a show." Yeah, and uh, to my knowledge, you know, we're not trying to be safe. I remember uh, the one at the Fremont. To their credit, they're like absolutely no mosh pit, none of that. You know, sit down. Uh, you had to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. 
and as far as i know nobody walked away from either and the whole show same thing that yeah. we messed it in there um, or no lefties we did the whole show right after it totally opened back up <laughs> that was the one where people hated us <laughs> <laughs> no hey you know what uh, fuck the haters because i was cheering you guys on the whole time i saw you guys before my fuck yes but, music. That's but awesome. yeah, as far as I know, nobody walked away sick from those two shows we yeah. did. Um, it's tough because I know people who wanted to go on tour and lost band members through all this. And yeah, yeah, a lot this, of bands got killed off with this thing. Uh, to this day, a lot of I, venues got killed off. Yeah, with this we had just played uh, the Iowa City Yacht Club right before it all got mm. shut down and had one of our best shows. Mm, yeah, and, fantastic uh, place. And uh, I heard a rumor that that might be closed damn i'm not sure i need to get online and check it uh, out they, i think uh last time emory one of the last times emory was over i think it was the time you weren't there because uh, you just got back from vacation uh, all right but i think he was saying that uh there is yet again another person we got to figure out <laughs> who the hell owns this place so oh, we can book boy. A show there. new owners that's kind of the way <laughs> iowa city goes is the place it's, is open uh, for about six months and uh, then someone else picks it up and nobody knows who it is <laughs> I, uh, I went to college in iowa city a long time ago and yeah i didn't play much uh, at that point but yeah a lot of places open and closed and, yeah yeah you know gabe's is like the mainstay but mm-hmm. well you know people are fucking adults if they yeah. if they want to take the risk and go to a show they can do it if not yeah then don't we appreciate everybody that came we appreciate how they acted and if you didn't want to come we get it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and yeah we also kind of you know upped our live stream uh efforts yeah we i uh, guess that's one thing that we came up the other side of this a little better yep we uh unfortunately our old facebook page and uh got hacked i think i yeah, my yeah. dumbass clicked the wrong button instead <laughs> of delete i like opened something and boom phishing scam uh, but the stream uh i p- at one point pinned it because we the one show we had booked that we couldn't do because of the pandemic uh we we just went and streamed from the stage and uh my jaw dropped because like two weeks after that we were over three thousand views and things like that wow <laughs> So uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's there a pretty good so indicator many. that people, the hunger was still there. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. hadn't given up on rock and roll. So do you think that helped you, that, like almost helped you guys in a way, like powering through that? I, the pandemic? I think so. The fact that we we kept at it as much as we uh, were able to figure out a way to exactly. did a lot, stayed fresh in people's minds, and we've been getting calls out of the blue from people we've yeah, never we, met uh, before saying like, "Hey, I just found you." That's and awesome. It just comes from never stopping. If you stop, then you kill the momentum, and once the momentum's gone, it's hard to get it back. Hell yeah. Have you guys performed outside of Iowa, or has it just been... Yeah. Okay. Um, we want to do more of it, if anybody outside of Iowa looks shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but we just played in Omaha at uh, Dr. Jack's uh, Drinkery for uh, Blackheart Booking. That was amazing. Very cool place. Uh, cool venue. Uh, it was like a tin band punk rock thing so that was a lot of fun we've been in kansas city that was a long time ago uh we've been to minnesota that was a long time ago (laughs) and uh that's otherwise that's about it yeah it's starting to look at maybe uh like milwaukee madison yep oh nice yeah like to get up there uh like to get back to minnesota i don't know what's going on in minnesota these days 
So it might be kind of an obvious question, but how how was you know performing in those places compared to performing in Iowa? At the time, uh, the Kansas City one was kind of a bust, but it was also like a freaking hurricane that night. That was outside. wild, yeah. Um, good Lord, it only, by some miracle, only let up raining while we loaded equipment in. <laughs> uh, we were carrying blankets over it to load out. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, uh, but we actually played with a, like a polka band. <laughs> uh, that was really cool, and they bought some t-shirts. They liked us. <laughs> but there, there weren't very many people at that. Uh, the... Minnesota was a house show, basement show, oh, but cool, cool. like had a great energy to it. People loved it. We had a great reaction. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I was like, oh, why are we playing around here? They like us when we go other places. <laughs> but no, they finally like us here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, we go up with, with them. We've gone up to Humboldt and Fort Dodge a few times. Usually our, our travel shows are usually really good. Yeah, when we, whenever we do, it turns out all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I think that's the point that any artist or musician wants to get to is being able to travel and go to the places. So it's cool that you guys have um, surpassed that. Yeah, or crossed that. Get some more of that. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, you mentioned it before, and I I don't know. You guys probably aren't enthusiastic about talking about this, but I think it's important because you know you kind of had the the social media deal where your account got hacked and things happen. I know you've talked about or Peter's talked about on his podcast, but I don't know what happened with that and where, how can like, what's, I don't know our, what's our, happening with that. Our account got taken over. Um, I'm not very good at social media. That's Pete's department. Um, and it was through me. It's my fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, so I, I still don't know how it happened because all of a sudden I had to, my profile, my personal profile, I had to restart because that, oh, that went down. So, like, too. you got hacked too. Yeah, I got oh, hacked. Fuck. Basically, I got hacked, but it enabled them to hijack the man page because I, oh, I originally geez. created it. And, you know, we reported to Facebook and all that stuff, but, like, they, none of the passwords, I, I just couldn't get back in. So, eventually, it's just like, well, I think Pete contacted a couple people but it's like so you're just a hacker who hacks the hackers and like i don't know i wasn't going to give somebody like that my account numbers yeah (laughs) um you just don't know i guess and so we finally just started a new page yep okay that's how it goes well Uh, but it didn't affect any of our own social media because only i got hacked so like instagram didn't change okay Um, okay it didn't affect Bandcamp or that's in reverb or any of that yeah uh just the facebook page so is there a way that people uh, and let me know if i linked the wrong um, uh i think you linked the right one like, okay every okay time good, i've seen good, it good. the one with like 400 likes not 800 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, the, yeah. is the correct one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny the one with more is the spam account yeah, yeah that's the one that got hacked <laughs> damn have you guys thought about like uh i don't know like rebranding or anything to like try to differentiate people uh the only idea i've really had is just taking the chord sequences of the songs and playing them on like country music instruments and writing different lyrics for them (laughs) and then selling those songs to like uh publishers and just live off of that money (laughs) and then while you make the music you actually want to make that's the only idea I've had. It's a pretty good one, I think. Betty goes country. How about polka? Let's arrange. Let's arrange some uh, some very you know world world music arrangements. Didgeridoos. 
There you go. Army of Army. Work for Paul Simon. That's right. <laughs> Work for David Byrne. Yeah. Peter Gabriel, come on. Damn. <laughs> Guys, I love we're, you. We're buying a gym bay now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I love you. I love your, your stuff. I love seeing you perform. Um, I don't have any more questions. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about while we're here? While we, you have this platform. I guess we got a cool ten-inch uh, record available to yes, buy. Yes, yes. Here, let me ask you about that. What was what was the process of that like? Because I've always been curious about that. Um, now that we've done it once, or, or I, I did most of the emailing. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be much easier the second time, not knowing what to do. Like every time, I I, I initially was like, here's tracks. Here's some artwork files. Here's money. I want a record. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, here's these templates. You got to do this, and you got to do this, and it has to be like that, and this has to be that, and it was just a lot of back and forth. Mm. And that, that, doing this during the pandemic didn't help because, like, uh, my rep uh, with the pressing company is like, well, we need this. We still don't have this. I'm like, I can send that to you twice. <laughs> And then, but there's so many emails at this point, and then because like nothing happened for four months, and but you know we got it done, and now that we know how that works, before I even say here's money, give me a record, I'm like, okay, we know we got to have all this ready to go. It's got to be done. Yeah, yeah. And that's just something you don't know until you get in there and yeah, do it. Like yeah, I never yeah, thought yeah, about the center labels for the disc, like that artwork. I was just like, mm. I got a front and back cover. Let's go. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, interesting to say that I'm in uh, video production. I kind of did some like Photoshop class as well. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it until you actually get into it, like how many different images and things that you mm-hmm. need for like that marketing. It's crazy how much time you have to put into that. Yeah. Being on the end of it. Yeah. It was, that was a lot. It was involved. Crazy. How can people find that? Yeah, or, you know, purchase that. So if you're in the Des Moines area, there are two fine stores. Uh, one's in Merle Hay Mall called The Dark Slide. Um, it's a skateboard and a record shop. Mm. It's available there. Cool. Um, and then uh, Red Rooster Records, a uh, really cool, smaller, uh, used record store in Highland Park has it. <laughs> If you live in Colorado, it is available at Paradise Found Records. <laughs> I did see Boulder. that. That's cool as hell. That's oh, cool yeah. As hell if you live in there. Indianapolis, it's at Indie CD and Vinyl. I was going to say, he's got it to a few places. Um, someday, uh, depending on who's listening, I might hit up, like, uh, there's a record store in Marshalltown. I think there's one in Oskaloosa. If I have enough time to actually drive there on a day off, hit him up and drop off some records. They should have our record at Record Collector in Iowa City as well, I think. But they don't yet. Buy it on Bandcamp. Come to a show. Buy it direct. Um, I'm willing to deliver it in the Des Moines area. Um, Don't have to pay shipping. There's lots of ways to get it. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Anything on your mind? (laughs) Any philosophical, deep philosophical questions? (laughs) August 21st. Show at the hall. Oh, is that? Yeah, that's the 21st. That's our next show. At, uh, at Hall Avenue? At Hall Avenue. We get to go awesome. back. Been there. Um, been, yeah, been a while since we've uh, done Hall. Yeah, Hall, Hall Avenue, uh, I, I have a soft spot in my heart because when I wanted to play and nobody knew who I was and nobody would go, who are you? Hall Avenue let me play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boggs is a pretty solid dude. Like, there were years where Betty just didn't get over to anyone. Yeah. And Boggs is really the only guy that went to bat for us. Yeah, he's like... That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, always helped us get on some good, better shows at his place, even though that crowd maybe wasn't 
what <laughs> we were for. <laughs> well, that was still like, well, if you're talking about the show that I was at. No, that was just. Oh, it was different. Okay. That was just that night they didn't like us. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, I, I can say the hall, that's where I saw you guys. So the hall of tavern is great. It's, um, it's a good place. There's always good music there. Hell yeah. Good vibes. Well, if that's all you guys got, um, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yep. Um, stay tuned next week. We will have obs on the podcast he's an old friend uh rapper um you know we don't have official intellectuals in the iowa area but if he was one he would be one <laughs> really smart guy guys three finger betty it's been a fucking great time um, cool. well, well, i you. guess before we leave what's what's some of your social where can people find you so the new facebook uh page uh which i think is our album cover and then a is that the one where it's the picture of us on the couch? I think is. Uh, the, yeah, I think that's the that's one, yeah. that's the real one. Uh, at three finger Betty band, the one with less likes. Yes, <laughs> yes, the one with less likes. <laughs> you can still look at the old page and like look at our old streams <laughs> and travel down memory lane. It's still up there. I just we just can't control it. But then don't promote it and tell them to fuck no, off. No, don't make nasty comments that this is stolen material. Hate the one with most likes um, and like the one with less. But at Three Finger Betty Band is uh, Instagram, and uh, uh, we're on Reverb Nation, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, I think there's like Twitter and all that other stuff. But we got I, Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. You can listen to us oh, on yeah, Spotify. Cool. I might get Spotify finally. Join the, <laughs> join the millennium. It's not too bad, you know. Yeah, like I pay for the premium. You pay an extra ten bucks. Yeah. But like Without ads, it's it's amazing what. It does. Well, yeah. plus you. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> spent my whole life buying records, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, uh, guys. But, yeah. It'll and we're there's other social media, but I'm I'm a, I only use Facebook and Instagram for us. <laughs> Pete might do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm barely on I'm barely on the internet. <laughs> hey, I guess you can find Clint Wheelman on YouTube. I you know I got a handful of videos. You can find you know my old band Dark Mirror. Uh, another one that's uh, worth finding yeah that's a pretty decent <laughs> band i suppose you can probably uh, still find some of their cds if you go digging around town too yeah band camp and maybe somewhere on facebook has another band called Speedrun. that's my video game tribute um that's, awesome. that's about all i got on the internet <laughs> cool what about you do you got any socials you want no or? i'm getting anxious okay. to talk <laughs> don't come find me occasionally the, uh, occasionally uh there'll be an announcement on facebook that the shit kickers might play once in a while there you go that's, that's check out the shit kickers page and uh and uh if you're curious uh you might check out the sleepover Oh, yeah. Facebook. Can't forget about those guys. Cool. They're all right. Well, hey, send me all those links. I'll make sure to put it in the description below. All right. Three Finger Betty, it's been a fucking pleasure. I'm a huge fan of you guys. (laughs) Keep rocking. Thank you. All right. Peace out, everybody. See you next week. See ya. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into today's episode with Three Finger Betty. Um, Hell of a time. Uh, these guys were a real treat to have on, and I thought we, you know, covered the first hour, that, you know, that hour amicably, and I think we did... A really good job having a good conversation. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We will be back live this Saturday with Ops. We will be live streaming again in the studio. Like I said, I apologize for us not coordinating this better, maybe doing it live, but 
Um, unfortunately, uh, living in a duplex can kind of suck sometimes. It, it's good because you get a cool basement, but those times you need to be upstairs, it's, you know, 100 degrees. It's kind of hard to get four people, or, well, shit, it would have been five people. Five people in a cram bedroom, essentially. You know, it, it, the bedroom is the studio space. I mean, that would have just been... I mean, picture, like, picture an orgy in the bedroom and how hot that would be. I mean, that, that we wouldn't have had an orgy, obviously, but it would have been that level of uh, body heat, so it would have been a little uncomfortable, I think. It would have been a very short podcast, so um, far far shorter than an orgy. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we'll be back Saturday with Ops. Um, like I said... There aren't really anybody, there isn't really anybody in Iowa, I don't think that's considered like an intellectual, like an Iowan intellectual, but if there was, he would be one. Alright, anyways, um, this is the episode, hope you all been chilling, drinking, doing whatever, spending your time kicking back, because that's how we like to do here at the McAllister Hours, and we'll see you guys live Saturday. Alright, peace out everybody, have a good night.